Hello and welcome to episode 160 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always. With me in the studio again today, got Ricardo Benavides. Ricardo, how you doing, man? Great. I'm doing great. Jeremy, it's good to be here on the shores of fabulous... Hicks Lake. Hicks Lake. In, in Olympia, Washington. Lacey, Washington. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so Brandon is obviously not here again for like what the fifth... I don't even know. I don't remember the last time I even saw Brandon, to be honest with you. But uh, I can't even remember what he looks like. Yeah, me either. Uh, he's he's forgettable. Um, <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's not. We're just joking. Yeah. Uh, if you could like, rate, review, share this podcast, all those things. We need some reviews. We really do. So if you could go on Apple Podcasts. Or uh, Spotify, I believe, and review this podcast. That would be fantastic. And that'll get Brandon back. Once the review's yeah, hit, Brandon yeah. comes back. Say nice things about him. Yeah. His ego. He's, he's ego-driven. He's sensitive. <laughs> he's sensitive. His uh, wife and kids hate him. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's not coming from me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not claiming any responsibility behind those comments. Uh no, but yeah, he's he's uh I think still traveling back from Florida and um yeah, we'll see how luckily I just saw that I think the NAACP said that people shouldn't travel to Florida right now because of uh not that we're gonna make this a political podcast, but they said because of Ron DeSantis's uh Oh that's the uh, wrong move policies. in my opinion. You just moved down there, everybody moved down there. Yeah, man. Let's mix it up. Let's in diversify Florida. it. Yeah, exactly. I like it. I like it. A little diversity never hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, man, yeah. Um, you know, I think we've 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 been pumping out some pretty awesome episodes. I think, Ricardo. Well, it's because you have uh, some awesome guests. I exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's how it works. So exactly. You know, you get the. Uh, uh, that's why we need more uh, more reviews so that that uh, people can see how well we're doing and and. Uh, you know, just be that many more people want to come on the show and see how many great people are out there from exactly. all walks of life, all colors, all different nations. Yeah, yeah. Right. Our uh, <clears throat> our guest today is uh, Greek, one hundred percent. Yep, she did mention that uh, at, the, at the end of the, the end of the episode. Um, yeah, uh, she was a great interview. She's she's a very, very intriguing woman. Um, she had reached out to me. She's actually Sharon Campbell's physical therapist. Um, she's a doctor of physical therapy, though, not just a physical therapist, which is very cool. Um, and she owns her own, just founded her own uh, physical therapy and wellness clinic in uh, Denver, Colorado, or in, out there in Colorado somewhere. Um, her name is Mary Pavlantos. And she used to work at Craig Hospital, which is, you know, we, we know that well from, from the podcast. A lot of, uh, we've had a lot of people that yeah, have, of, have ended up at Craig. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we just, I had just mentioned that uh, Adrian Garcia is going to be going back out to Craig to uh, do some um, epidural stimulation. Um, he had reached out to me a week or two ago, and which is, is very cool. So we're going to keep up with that. But she's... I really like, um, you know, we talked to Mary about how she got into physical therapy um, and how her her father had had a a kind of a traumatic brain injury when, um, 
you know, when she was a younger like teenager, and so it really motivated her to, to kind of go down that path. Like a hidden injury, she called it. Yeah, right. That that was very interesting. That yeah, it didn't kind of um, it didn't present itself, present itself as, right in a way. physical way, like a broken neck or something that you could heal. Right. So it led her down this path, which was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, neuroscience. Exactly, exactly. I was uh, very, very intrigued by by our conversation, um, and just you know how she's an empath as well and so she's trying to kind of approach the healing uh i guess uh, uh, you know trying to help people heal from different aspects you know of the whole, of the whole mind body connection yeah yeah healing that mind body and soul i like yeah. it yeah. uh yeah and we we talked um yeah a little bit about sharon and and uh you know how every injury is really different right like whether it be a traumatic brain injury whether it be um a a spinal cord injury whether it be dealing with ptsd we talked a lot about that as well i never thought of as being an injury but when i got done listening to this i was thinking wow there's a lot of traumatic events that can happen in someone's life like a car accident or even being near a school shooting or a robbery or whatever you know whatever is traumatic in your life as being an injury that could lead to some ptsd and then you even mentioned that you had um uh ptsd to loud noises like fourth of july not being your favorite you know it's funny because living like right on the lake here i do really like fourth of july because it's like so festive and like people are having a great time out here but and, and you a lot of times you can tell when like a one of like the loud fireworks is about to go off you hear like a little th- and then you're like I, I kind of am able to brace myself for it and then it's like this crazy crazy thing but uh yeah I don't if like if something blows up and I'm not like prepared for it I it's, oh yeah it's very traumatic yeah exactly yeah um but yeah, so we yeah we discussed that and like how she had had some stuff from her because on, on her Instagram profile it says she's a PTSD warrior and I was like I gotta gotta kind of dive into that a little bit and yeah she just talked about how she had had some some deaths close to her when she was uh, a teenager and um, and kind of in the neighborhood she grew up in there had been like drive-by shootings and whatnot and so. Uh, yeah, I was yeah, I was interested to hear from her fight syndrome, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I never really thought about that, but you know, my son Dominic talks about that a lot in his work as a social worker, right? That a lot of those folks are often traumatized, and um, you know, when he's trying to help them out, it's difficult because they are always in this fight or flight mode because. Um, you know, some of them don't even know where their next meal are coming from, right? And so it's hard for them to make uh, rational decisions, what we think of as rational decisions. But they're basically in survival mode. And I was thinking about that, you know, listening to Mary here, is that there's a whole population out there that live that way every day, you know. And then when we see things like, um, 
school shootings or mall shootings or whatever, it doesn't surprise me, right? Yeah. Yeah, you definitely could see. It should, but it's becoming so common now yeah. that there's a real uh, mental health issue out there, probably related to PTSD and other things. Yeah. So. A hundred percent. I mean, yeah, and like kids today in schools are not doing... Yeah, I remember we used to do earthquake drills. I remember when they kind of introduced that instead of just fire drills at school and went to earthquake drills. Now they do like active school shooter drills. And I mean, that's got to have some some of kind of PTSD effect on kids too, I'm sure. So Yeah, you know, I'm, when I grew up, it was like stranger danger was the worst thing, right? Right. You know, and um, now you guys grew up with, well, you know, earthquakes and stuff it just keeps multiplying right so now you you keep adding all this stuff on top of what should be a happy childhood for most people and it makes the world like a really really scary place yeah definitely um but yes i i really enjoyed our conversation and i don't want to give away too much so um why don't we get to the conversation with Mary, and we will talk to you all on the other side. Okay, thanks, Jer. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are very excited to visit with Mary Pavlantos. Uh, Mary, I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce yourself because you um, are a woman of many, uh, many skills and uh and yeah, go, go right ahead. Take, take, take it away. Welcome to the show, by the way. Thank you, thank you for having me. Um, yes, you, cor- you correctly pronounced it. It's Mary Pavlantos. Um, I'm a physical therapist, so I have a doctorate in physical therapy. Um, and I specialize in neurologic conditions. I have a CBIS, which is a certified brain injury specialist, which is something I got into because my dad was in a terrible car accident, got a brain injury, and we lost our house and his business and everything. So I aspired to help people with the invisible injury, which in neurologic world comes to look like a lot of different things. Um, So I've done brain injury, spinal cord injury, MS, Parkinson's, kind of like any nerve condition you can imagine. Um, I treat a lot of car accident survivors. And... um, Yeah, so I use all kinds of tools and healing strategies, and I'm also an empath, so I have a gift to help heal people with, you know, energy and light and hope and faith, so um, kind of put it all together. Oh, that's very, very cool. Well, that kind of uh, takes my first question uh, out of of really being important, because I was going to ask you... um, you know, what made you pursue a career in physical therapy and specifically uh, with with people with neurological injuries and disorders? But I guess, you know, like so from your dad having um, uh, a brain injury to to being where you're at now, um, you know, how did you I mean, obviously, like, yeah, like so did it just um, kind of speak to you once you got into that uh, that field? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, to tell us yeah, a little good. bit about Good, good question. It, it unfolded the way that it was supposed to unfold essentially. Um, but yeah, I was in high school when he, um, got T-boned and his car ro- rolled four times. He broke his neck. He didn't need any surgery. He wasn't paralyzed. His, his broken bones healed, but 
he had just memory issues and headaches and just couldn't run the family business. And so we lost that in our home. Um, and then I went to grad or to college to play college basketball because I had this um, aspiration to play college basketball. So I, I went D3 in California and then I blew out my knee. And so then I had to have physical therapy on my knee. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. I mean, you really help people like get functional again, whatever that looks like to them, like however you can restore back to prior level of function or how can you adapt. Um, and then I realized like people, uh, oh, so like a few years after his head injury, he fell and hit his head again and it showed an old diffuse axonal injury, an old brain injury. And then it was like, oh, he had this brain injury. And then we're like, oh, that's what happened. So, and this is very common with a lot of injuries, even if, if someone's like an ambulatory quadriplegic, they might just, someone might think like something's wrong with their knee. Like nobody, you know, it's hard to see these injuries sometimes and they can like highly affect people's quality of life. So um, discovered that like dad had this head injury. And then, so then I applied to go to grad school for physical therapy. And then you kind of start getting interested in whatever route you want to go. And I kind of pursued the, the neurology route. So I worked at Craig hospital for a few years where it's like, you know, subacute rehab, helping people like after they're stable in the hospital. Um, and then I've done this for 14, 15 years and I'm an outpatient now. So most of my patients like come into me, into my clinic, but, um, so that's, that's kind of, in a nutshell, how everything unfolded, but I just had to help people. And it's still, you know, that, that was like 23 or four years ago. And there's still a problem with diagnosis. There is a huge problem with people not even knowing they have a concussion or not even knowing they have injury until, you know, something worse happens or their symptoms get worse or um, just things kind of fall apart. So, yeah. Well, that's so interesting that, um, I mean, it, terrible and but kind of interesting that you, you didn't even realize that your dad had this brain injury for, for a number of years afterwards. Like I, cause I, I, you know, I guess with this podcast, you know, we were really like sp uh, focused on spinal cord injury stuff. And so, um, and yeah, there are so many people that are, like you said, ambulatory quadriplegics. Um, but we, yeah, we don't really dive into the like traumatic brain injury stuff very often. And like, they can definitely go hand in hand. Um, I've seen in a lot of my, um, spinal cord, I, I have quite a good handful of spinal cord patients or survivors. And a lot of them had had injuries that didn't get diagnosed because the spinal cord was, you know, needed surgical intervention and was much more debilitating, but, um, in a more severe accident of any sort, like that's very possible that there's like also a head injury involved and people just don't know, you know, the memory or the vision or dizziness headaches, like that, that can go with that. You know what I mean? Or yeah. it's like effective medication or, you know, who knows? So. Right. And so, um, you know, how are you able to diagnose these kind of, um, you know, head injuries and things like that without, um, having something kind of come to the surface and bubble up like like you said 
I guess like if you have a headache once in a while, like you up here, you always hear people say, Oh, I get migraines from time to time or things like mm-hmm. that. But that could be actually something, I guess, uh, quite a bit more serious. Yeah. I mean, as a PT, we can't technically diagnose like a mild traumatic brain injury, but there's enough cause and effect. Like I didn't have this before. And then this accident happened or this fall happened or this crash happened. And these are my symptoms. And there's just a pretty um, obvious sequelae of symptoms that people have. They're just like, okay, well, that's probably the brain. And 95% of the time, the imaging is normal. It's just a chemical change in the brain. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely hard, but, uh, I, I, I work with a lot of spinal cord survivors too. And I do a lot of like neurologic dry needling and like neuromuscular reeducation. Everybody that I have right now is incomplete, but, um, they have a lot of motor issues and proprioception and balance and strength issues. So. Yeah, that, and that's actually, uh, you know, we just had a few weeks ago, uh, Sharon Campbell on the on the show, and I know you you uh, you worked with him quite a bit, um, and you're his physical therapist, which is awesome. I'm glad to uh, to get you on, um, uh, you know, after we we kind of messaged back and forth on on Instagram, and uh, you know, and with, like with him specifically, I had no idea he was even. I thought maybe like he was like a fully just from his like workout videos on Instagram you're like holy crap this guy's a monster and then uh you know you see that he has a spinal cord injury as well and um you know just by looking at him like you would never think that but um yeah I mean that's so that's uh it's really interesting it's definitely a small world and then Craig Hospital I know we've had a number of people on that went through uh rehab at Craig Hospital as well so that's very cool that um that's kind of where you you were working for a while before and i know you you got um a clinic that you started yourself or a physical therapy uh practice and we'll get to that in a minute but um i did want to ask you so we've had a few different physical therapists on the show um i don't think we've ever had a doctor of physical therapy on the show though but they all kind of seem to approach um diagnosis like we have this one guy on and i'm blanking on his name but his like instagram handles no bullshit rehab and uh, (laughs) yeah yeah he's uh he's definitely got some some wild ideas and i'm not trying i'm not here to say they're not right or that you know like what whatever the case may be but he's like get the person up immediately like do this and that and I'm I'm kind of curious as to where like where you fall into line, um, like working with somebody like maybe who's newly injured, like what your kind of first moves would be, and and then kind of uh, as time progresses, like how to continue getting you know uh, return back as far as function goes. Yeah, I think like with neuroplasticity and, and like use the body to heal the body. I mean, usually it's like acute care, subacute, and then outpatient intensive where people are like going into their rehab hospital. And then oftentimes like, okay, you've done all we can do. And then you discharge home with a home program. And then depending on like, you know, support at home, resources at home, people have a hard time like maintaining those gains that they got in outpatient. Um, so it's a kind of loaded question depending on like, well, even level of an injury. Um, but 
usually a lot of my patients are, have been to like multiple, multiple other clinics and other providers, and they don't really think that there's any hope for anything more. Um, I have one gentleman, he's a, he's a lumbar. So he's a para he's ambulatory, but he was walking with two canes and two braces and it was like 10 years out. And he was like pretty convinced there was like nothing else more that we could do. And he's walking with no canes now and super strong. It's just like trying to get people the right motor control exercises, the right balance exercises, core stabilization, and making it very functional to like what the person needs to do in their life. And for some people that might be feeding themselves and for others, they might want to just walk without support. Um, so it just depends on what the issue is and um, like kind of individualized care. So, yeah, Mary, you know, um, I, yeah, I understand it's definitely like an individual, uh, you know, aspect of each, each different patient. Um, and yeah, like there's no, I guess, no cure-all uh, approach to, to everything with, with how you would treat a, a spinal cord injury patient. But um, one of the things I did read in your bio, I guess, on your, um, on one of your bios that I found, I think on the, the Roots uh, Physical Therapy and Wellness website, that um, you've been big into the CrossFit community and that uh, you're helping people with neurological and other disabilities get involved uh, with CrossFit as well, using uh, adaptive, I guess, equipment or, or adaptations to do the different exercises. And I've seen, you know, I, I've talked to a couple people that have done um, like adaptive Spartan races, but I had never heard about, um, I guess, adaptive CrossFit. And so, you know, so how does that work? Like what, you know, I, because like, I know people go, oh. go so hard on that CrossFit stuff. Like, yeah. So I had a class and it probably ran for at least two years before COVID. Sharon came to the class and I mean, I had spinal cord, stroke, brain injury, MS. It was all over the place. And some people were wheelchair bound, but I just did circuit training so I had given people certain movements to do like through the circuits and then we would rotate from one circuit to the next. Uh, took a lot of like thought process. I had to know the person and their abilities and see what they could do to be able to like put it together. Um, and so it was, it was pretty much just like group circuit training and we were in a CrossFit gym, so it was, you know, just very adapted. But, you know, if someone isn't going to do box jumps and they, you know, couldn't do step ups, well, they can't walk at all. So then we're going to do something with the arms. So we just kind of just substituted in different stuff and had fun. Oh, that's that's very cool. Um, you know, have, has there been any like have you guys been able to put on um, like have a I guess they, they have different categories for, you know, like, I guess women like under whatever age and men over whatever age so have you been able to to do like a, an adaptive uh a competition or anything like that or is it more just for training purposes no we were just doing it for exercise but crossfit in general has adaptive sections of like the crossfit games um which is kind of tough because you can't compare like a amputee to someone with MS, you know what I mean? So it's really hard 
Yeah. Categories are definitely hard because of every, you know, like every disability has different abilities, I guess. You know what I mean? And just a, you know, I think is not the same as another because of just the person. Someone is just keeps calling and. No worries. (laughs) No worries. Um, yeah, though no, that I think that's that's so cool though that you uh, that you kind of thought that out and and figured out a way for other people, uh, you know, people dealing with disabilities to to kind of compete in that as well, um, you know, and and then getting to roots physical therapy and wellness, kind of when when did you make the decision? And I don't know if you like went straight from Craig Hospital to open this um, physical therapy uh, practice. Um, but yeah, like, so Roots Physical Therapy and Wellness, tell us where, yeah. wh- when did it start? Where, you know, how, how excited are you about it? And, uh, and what yes. exactly do you guys do there? So it's just me and I'm in um, a healing center in Colorado. Um, and the, the person I met next door to me, Kristen, she got hit at 50 miles an hour by a drunk driver and had 11 skull fractures and brain surgery, spinal fractures, leg fractures, and like pretty much should have died, but she didn't. Um, And so she just kind of has had to rehabilitate on her own because she didn't get the care she needed. And so she came here and wanted to help people and just try to figure out how to help herself heal. And so she does a lot of like oxygenated, um, elliptical, like hyper oxygenation and vibration plates and infrared sauna. And she has all these healing tools. Um, so there's just a few of us in this healing center and, um, just kind of using the body to heal the body. A lot of the times I just have my patients doing their exercise program, at home or on their own because it needs to be consistent to make like motor recovery so I don't you know put people on the bike so I'm doing a lot of whatever I can do with my tools and my hands and my brain and then giving people stuff to work on at home uh because it's the repetition obviously that's gonna rewire the network so right, right. oh yeah I've had it for a year now um <laughs> between <clears throat> covid and uh we had a really bad fire here in Colorado it burned like 1500 homes down and the clinic I was in at the time we had to close the clinic and I ran like covered in ashes couldn't see where I was driving from this wildfire um and then yeah so the clinic eventually closed and I was like okay I guess it's my time to open my own place now it's been 14 years I think all the signs are pointing this direction so uh, a lot of crazy things had to happen. And then I just took a risk on myself and I'm really happy with it and it's going good. So. Wow. That's, that is a crazy story. Um, like, yeah, well, you know, like definitely uh, making the best of a bad situation. It sounds like, so that's awesome that you, uh, that you've been able to start your own practice and, uh, you know, I, and I love the the fact that it's at a healing center, you know, like that's, that seems like so important. And you talked about being an empath and, um, you know, kind of going at things in a, in a, at a different aspect, you know, looking at, I guess, at the different aspects of the healing process. Um, yeah. And so what, you know, I guess, what are some of the services that, that you offer um, outside of just like straight physical therapy, I guess, at, at Roots? Yeah. I am. So 
it's kind of tough because I have, you know, I take I take Medicare and I treat a lot of car accidents and I I don't do commercial insurance like I take I have like cash HSA but so I try to stick along with physical therapy and like incorporate some of my energy healing with my patients. Um, I, there's some Reiki masters that work in there that I'm kind of learning from, but I haven't quite. I kind of just like I'm gonna stick with PT for now. <laughs> Um, but if, if someone has faith in something bigger than themselves, call it what you will. Uh, I really try to help people like access that and use that to heal because I think a lot of the times it just gives people hope and some to know that there's like a, something bigger than themselves that's carrying them through, you know? Right. No, that's a, that's a really good way of looking at it. Um, and so, yeah, um, and I was going to, my next question was going to be, do you accept insurance? So do you, do you accept Medicare, you said, or Medicaid? Medicare. I have some Medicare, Medicaid. I just write off my, my Medicaid. I just, but I take Medicare. No. Um, yeah. And I can like the, the reason I opened the wellness piece was like with intentions of if I, you know, do more energy work or so I could, because you have to be licensed within the state to practice physical therapy. But I wanted to be able to like have people consult with me, even if they're out of state to pick my brain, to figure out if there's anything extra that I could do to help them. So then I kind of just added this wellness portion to do like, um, you know, virtual consultations to see like how I could help them, whether it was adaptive exercise or, or whatever it may be. Um, just because I, I have like a lot of knowledge to give. And a lot of the times people have done just about everything I could think of and just kind of, you know, keep with it. But sometimes I'm like, have you tried this? Have you tried this? You know what I mean? So. Oh, that's a, that's a great idea. Yeah. That, that's great that you're able to, you know, with the wellness portion of the, the business being able to work with people in other States and stuff and virtual do virtual visits and whatnot. That's, that's really great. Um, I haven't done it, but <laughs> okay. Well, you're working. You're 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 on the way to doing that. So that's yeah. Awesome. Much the extent to that at this point is like people that have gotten in an accident in Colorado, but then they live in another state, and then I continue care working with them like virtually. That okay. Um, I see. I see. Um, yeah. No. Well, still though, that's a that's a great idea and an option for your business. So that's that's awesome. Um, you know, I did want to dive into just a couple more things with you. Like I know, um, on your, we talked for a second briefly before we started recording that, um, on your Instagram profile, it says you're a PTSD warrior. And I told <laughs> you that's, that's, uh, yeah, PTSD to me is like, I'm pretty sure I have it like loud noises still like startle me and kind of. And, I, and I'm assuming that it stems from my the car accident that I was injured in. Um, but I, I think that PTSD is very common among people with spinal cord injuries specifically just because spinal cord injuries don't happen unless you have a very traumatic accident um, for the most part. So, um, you know, talk about, I guess, what do you mean by being a PTSD warrior? How has PTSD affected you in your life? And then um, how have you seen it um, interacting with so many people that have spinal cord injuries and things like that? Yeah, I I think it so post-traumatic stress disorder. So like a traumatic event being any traumatic event, even emotionally 
can cause someone to respond physiologically in your fight or flight nervous system, your sympathetic nervous system, your heart rate increases, you get anxious, you want to get out of there. Um, if some sound or sight or smell makes you respond to that thing that caused you harm. So just to like define it, um, because I, it took me a while until a therapist after like 30 sessions was like, yeah, of course you have PTSD. And I'm like, oh, well, I, well, that really would have helped me figure things out a lot quicker here. Um, so yeah, it, it, my experience has helped me like truly understand a huge piece of my patients. And like from day one, like deep breathing and grounding and meditation or prayer and like trying to get the nervous system, because especially if you're a quadriplegic, like you don't feel in control of your body, you're not in control of your body. So, but your mind is still there and you're, you're there. And so like having people try to be as connected as they can um, or disassociative if you need to be because of pain um, and just practicing like the mindfulness and the deep breathing. And um, I've kind of, you know, I've done EMDR and brain spotting and lots of different trauma therapies, but um, I came up with this trigger accept release that like went, cause it, at some point you just have to accept that these events happened. They're part of who I am and they're part of my past. And I am not going to let that define my future. So that you, if you get triggered, you have to just accept it and then release it as most that you can like, we, I rewire people's brains for a living. So it's really easy to like rechange that thought processes. If you just try mindfully, you can not react to someone that's going to get in a fight with you by the way you react, you know what I mean? The way you respond. So, um, but sometimes those events can be so traumatic, like it will put the nervous system into, here's a good example. Like there's a huge lightning storm last night and we got like huge hail balls like this big and right away, like I'm shaking, my heart's racing. I can feel my eyes start twitching and I'm like, okay, it's just the storm. (laughs) Um, not the drive-by shooting I was in, in high school where my friend was shot. Um, it's not fire I ran from it, it, it. Like, so all of the things that have caused me personally, PTSD, like you have to like, realize like I'm not in those moments I am here in this moment and I'm going to so I just meditated calmed through and calm my nervous system down in like 15 seconds but it's just your body does this as a as a fight or flight mechanism it's like how we're made so yeah no that's that's really good advice and 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 that's the you know, your brain is a powerful thing, I feel like. And if you, you can let it like go in a bad direction or you can, yeah, like if you can rein it in, like, like you said, like that's uh that's a powerful thing to be able to, to do, you know, on a, just on a whim like, like that. Like, yeah, if like, I'm sure you're like 4th of July and things like that. It's like, you know, like loud noises just always throw me, throw me off. So, um, yeah. I tell a lot of people like wear a hat or sunglasses, you can wear earplugs, like don't, I mean, I'm triggered. I can't go into big crowds or large spaces where I don't feel like I can get to the exit quickly, essentially. Um, And so just being in environments that you feel comfortable and safe in, you know what I mean? And, and just, I, I mean, embracing nature and like, 
energizing through the sun or the moon or feeling the grass or touching things that are alive like that really helped me with my healing and just connecting and grounding like back with the earth something that I can that was like tangible and I could feel and that it like made me feel safe I see yeah that's funny that you uh had mentioned I like I've feel like I always whenever I'm in a restaurant or a, a, a building or like whatever business I always want to have I want to see the door like the exit to know like I don't know I like I thought maybe I just watched too many gangster movies or something as a kid but like I always like that's my go-to I'm always I'm gonna you know have my back to the or have my face to the door and my back to the back of the restaurant or whatever so anyway um, yeah like, I don't know what it is, but I think it might be yeah, like something to do with the PTSD. Oh, no. Oh, it's totally PTSD. And like, I do the exact same thing. And if I go, I'm like, can I sit here to face the door for my PTSD? <laughs> They're like, uh, but yeah, I mean, the hard thing is like, there's just so much with mental health awareness. And, and another thing is like a traumatic event can happen to someone. So what happened to me was I, I did not have PTSD until, uh, like 2021. So I I was one of those almost like near death Delta COVID um, patients that was like on my deathbed, trying to every means to being on a ventilator, because I was a PT and I had knowledge I was on oxygen incentive spirometer, I was on drugs and like, 12 days on the couch, couldn't breathe. My brain couldn't think like I, I, I have long haulers, a little bit of memory and word finding difficulties at times, but it, it almost got me. But like the voice said, live, you have children like live and start moving. And so between COVID having like severe, severe COVID and then running from that fire pretty much opened up my Pandora's box of childhood traumas that I never processed. And I just shut away. Um, growing up with the bloods and crips in the hood drive-by shootings some murdered friends like a lot of stuff i just never processed so it was it was a lot of crying a lot of processing a lot of therapy and lost a lot of friends that judged the process but like you have your people and you just you find your people and you find your support systems and you find who's there for you and I just like speak up very openly about mental health because I think more people are doing this and it is going to help more people heal and it's going to help less people commit suicide because I was there at one point and I just wouldn't be, I have children and a lot of people don't have that to keep them going, but just know that there's a bigger source that will carry you through when you just want to quit. Yeah. And that's interesting. I ha I have heard that too, that, you know, like a, a, a new traumatic incident can bring up, you know, things that you didn't even know you had to deal with or whatever. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, thank God you, you made it through and, uh, both COVID and, 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 you know, like being suicidal for, for a period of time. So like, that's, that's great. And you're, you know, I uh, love, love what you're doing now and, and definitely salute all your, your, hard work with with people dealing with spinal cord injuries and um and then yeah I, I guess the last question I had for you Mary was I saw like going through kind of trying to research for the for the interview I you know I saw that you are a fitness model and you do competitions <laughs> and stuff like how did you get involved with that um how long have you been doing that like was that something before 
uh, becoming a doctor of physical therapy? But this was always like something I wanted to do. And then as I kind of broke down, it, being a trauma therapist and hearing and seeing trauma is very hard. Like uh, many people burn out of doing trauma therapy. Um, and so I was like, well, if I can't be a PT, I guess I'll become a fitness model. And well, if you're not going to die, you're only going to live once. So might as well get in good, really good shape. So uh, I would say I'm an aspiring fitness model. I, I was in a, one magazine and I just kind of do it for fun and to stay in shape and to like motivate other people to like be the best they can be given what you're given. You know what I mean? Um, so that, that's kind of where all that came from, but, uh, it's been fun and it's definitely, uh, I played sports. I don't know when I do, when I do shoots, it kind of gives you this like weird adrenaline rush, like similar to like when I played basketball, which I've never been able to feel with anything else. So I kind of just do it for fun, but cool. uh, you know, I have an agent and stuff, but it's always like, uh, if you have any tattoos and I have like this one little tiny face tattoo on my wrist <laughs> and they're like, uh, tomorrow, if you can come tomorrow. So I haven't been able to do any shoots really because I can't really commit to any of them because they're just, it's so impromptu. Um, but so that, that was what that was. But I wanted to say before we're done, like the number one thing that, and I was actually supposed to start a research study with one with the university before COVID was for dry needling for spasticity. So if people have like adductor spasticity, that's like preventing hygiene or spasticity, that's like not responding to other things. If you can find someone to do like neurologic dry needling, that's what I've done with Sharon. And I think it's helped when I started with him, he couldn't feel anything. And he, you know, was, he's still like struggling to take his steps, but he, can work a lot more fluidly now and um botox can paralyze the muscle so much that then it doesn't have function so whereas dry needling can relax the signaling and get a, more of a neutral tone in the muscle uh so it's functional but it's not paralyzed right so. um explain what dry needling is if you don't mind yeah and it's not legal in all states unfortunately because in the physical therapy practice act some states say that we can't puncture the skin with the modality um so what it, it's the same as an acupuncture needle but we like put it into the muscle and then i run like a tens current through it and it kind of just helps regulate the signal because like depending on where the cord injury is there's a dysregulated signal so for spasticity, I would hold on it longer to try to get the muscle to not be in spasm and to kind of calm down. But then on the flip side, for like a weaker muscle, I would use it and kind of amp it up and try to get like a muscle firing to see if we can wake it up type thing. Okay. And so do you do it on like, would you do that on muscles? Like, are you doing it on stuff with Sharon like that he can't oh. feel or... Um, I yeah, that just had to do more with his sensation wasn't intact. And I think just stimulating his body a lot helps like it heal and wake up. I mean, some of it could have been not natural healing, but uh, any muscle technically that's affected, like I pretty much needle his whole body, <laughs> uh, like the, the, you know, arms, legs, core, like his obliques are really spastic and pull them over the side. So I needle the obliques to help it to sit up. 
Um, but even someone that's like, I've had some of my patients that are wheelchair bound, um, a lot for like the neck because the neck just takes so much of a toll and like doing a lot of anything to like help the neck and then feel good. And then whatever muscles are working in the hands. And then a lot of the times the adductors, because those are preventing like hygiene issues. Um, so that's, that's really been an awesome tool that they're, you know, I think most places probably have if it's legal in the state. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to look into that and see if it's uh, legal here in Washington because. um, Yeah, I can look for you. You should pretty much just Google it. Um, But I mean, it helps a lot with headaches. Like if people are having tension headaches, that's referring around. So it just depends on what's wrong, but it, it relaxes tight muscles and it helps wake up weak muscles. Okay. And yeah, there, and so, so with, with running kind of a tens unit through and putting electricity through the needles in your muscle, is there is it painful at all? I mean, is this just like is it just like um, acupuncture? Because I know those needles don't hurt at all. Well, I would say it's not very painful. I mean, unless somebody has like a needle phobia or they're very hypersensitive to sensation. Um, but no, it's just like you're getting a muscle contractions it's it's deeper in the muscle than acupuncture although some acupuncturists do like deeper needling like some of these needles like go through to the bone so we're getting like the whole muscle belly wow yeah wow but yeah i'm gonna definitely look into that because that sounds amazing um you know medication a lot of people take baclofen like baclofen it can help reduce systemic spasticity but then it causes fatigue and it causes cognitive confusion um and then like botox is great but then it can paralyze too much and then you need that muscle functional Uh, And then there's like muscle lengthening procedures. That's like worst case scenario. If we have like a severe contracture happening. So. Yeah, that that's so interesting. I'd never even heard of dry needling before you mentioned it. So like, I'm very interested in that now too. Um, Like the one read the word the most about, cause it, you know, a a lot of orthopedic physical therapists do it. And I don't know how many people are playing around. A lot of people are scared to do it on spasticity because you'll, you'll make someone go spastic. And I have to like, almost like put myself on top of them to make sure I don't get kicks or something in the face. Um, but it's just, you're, you're helping re-regulate the nervous system. Um, and unless you've done it and practiced it, and I, I don't know how, I think I've done it for like seven or eight years now. Uh, you just kind of get used to like how people, um, how people respond. I have a, quite a few patients with MS that come for the spasticity too. So. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's, no, that sounds incredible. Especially when you said about tight muscles and stuff like my shoulder, like you said, neck, my neck and shoulders are always just killing yeah. me because of that, you know, just the tight muscles and kind of tension yeah. headaches, things like that. So yeah, that, that's a, that's a great. Uh, yeah. Even if, can't get started um like needling just go to therapy and like get you know massage or stretching and like get your body work done because you have to like keep whatever is intact working the best it can especially for just pain management you know absolutely absolutely um yeah and do you uh what you know uh, before I forget, give out your like socials and your, um, your website okay. for, for the, for roots physical yeah. therapy and wellness and all that. Um, 
Well, it's just roots, physical therapy, and wellness. I think Co, like as in for Colorado, that's um, Instagram. That's my the website is roots physical roots PT and wellness co at g or dot com. Um, and then my personal is just Mary underscore Alexandra underscore Pavlantos. Uh, if there's 22 letters in my name, I, I just realized this and my basketball number was 22. So I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. That's um, great. And so like, I don't know, it's a really pretty long Greek name because I'm 100% Greek. So I figured I would embrace it. Um, but yeah, so those are. And I, I, even if anybody hears this and they have questions, they can email me and I'm glad to help find them a provider near them that might do something similar to what I do. But um, geography has a huge piece to play in people's healing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that brings me to one other question that just popped into my head. Um because I always am shocked. Like I, I'll talk to people that have spots. So I'm, I'm in Washington state in Olympia and I couldn't like, I'm cold enough here without like having feet of snow, like you guys get in Colorado or, you know, and I've talked to a bunch of people from Michigan and, and Illinois and all these places like in the Midwest that it gets just like bitterly cold. I'm like, how do you survive with a spinal cord injury in one of these places? And it seems like, I mean, I know like Craig hospital in Colorado is, is the biggest, you know, like yeah. at least most well-known kind of rehab hospital. And I don't know if that's, you know, people kind of stick around there after their injuries or what it is, but I'm just like, there's no way. Like, I know it gets warm there in the summertime, but like I couldn't handle, couldn't handle. Yeah. I can't handle it either. <laughs> if I didn't. Here I would I would move, but no, and and cold weather makes spasms worse, makes pain worse. Uh, people just stay inside and stay warm. But it's it, like it's nice and green now, and it'll be this way until like October. So we it's about a fifty fifty through the year. But we got minus eleven a few times, which is cold here, not compared to some states. But um, yeah, and also certainly people heal better and feel better at sea level and we're at mile high so thus the oxygen therapy but um especially a lot of tbi patients like move to sea level because they feel substantially better with more oxygen oh, that's interesting i yeah i hadn't yeah. really thought, thought about that because yeah I'm, yeah the mile high see i always hear about um because i'm like i love sports pretty much all sports and uh you know you hear about when people have to go teams have to go to Colorado to play they have to kind of get acclimated to the um to the, mm -hmm. to the altitude and everything so that's yeah interesting. so you're probably at like pretty low are you at sea level there yeah just above like five yeah. more like 500 feet elevation or something like that um where I live so not not very high up at all um and yeah we're you know we're right by the bay and stuff so it's not too far um yeah, not not too too high of an elevation at all. Yeah. But, um. Yeah. Well, Mary Pavlantas, I will uh, attach all your your links and stuff. Um. Your, and the website for uh, Roots Physical Therapy and Wellness to the podcast when I post it. And yeah, I can't thank you enough for coming on and just kind of giving us an overview of, of you know like what you've done and and how you work with people and. Um, the PTSD thing specifically, I thought was was very entertaining and 
um, interesting, <laughs> full of full of uh, full of good information. So uh, maybe we can do this again sometime down the road. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Okay. All right, that was Mary Pilvanos. I appreciate her time and you know uh, being willing to come on the show and and uh, tell us some of the secrets of the physical therapy world. Uh, it was it was great. I, I had really good really good time uh, speaking with her. She uh, you know she's also a fitness model. We talked about that for a few minutes. Um, she's gotten some flack for a couple of tattoos, small tattoos on her wrist. She said, which is crazy. Um, but, uh, we also discussed the dry needling, which I thought was, I'm really glad she brought that back up kind of at the end of the well, interview. When she said that, I thought that was how I harass you was just dry needling. But gonna, uh, turns out it's a therapy. So, bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Ricardo's got the jokes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so the dry needling as I understand it going back from our conversation which has been a week or two ago now um it's basically that it's uh using the same needles or similar needles to acupuncture needles and that they go deep in um even sometimes down to your bone and then running current through them like almost like a tens unit yeah um which is crazy and i guess it's not even legal in all 50 states but, but, um well you know your your grandmother you know had um uh, als right right and i remember she went into the uw and they actually did something like that to test her nervous system hmm. uh, by stimulating her muscles with needles and electrical current so wow um, it may be used as a testing mechanism but maybe they don't it's maybe not approved for therapy Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I do want to look into that though, because I mean, I'm willing to try anything. Like my, especially like my shoulders are always so damn sore. So I would love to try something like that. I did acupuncture the one time with uh, with uh, my good friend Joe Simonette's sister Sita, who I've known for quite a long time as well, um, and she came and gave me a an acupuncture treatment here at the house and yeah I mean it, I felt like it definitely did some some good and just need to get out and find somebody to uh to go to for that because it yeah I mean that was great as well so yeah so one of the things I was wondering you know was that she's also an empath right mm -hmm. and so I was wondering if she can actually feel um the distress or the pain that someone is feeling when she applies these things and that's what helps her determine what type of therapy she gives well, damn it ricardo that would have been a great follow-up question i know i know i know but we're gonna have her back on someday, yeah right yeah we so, will yeah we yeah. definitely will yeah she yeah. was she was outstanding and yeah. you know we wish her well with her with her practice and um sounds like she's got some some great things coming up um and yeah i mean i just yeah I, I was i was blown away by her and i'm excited to yeah excited to see what the future holds and it's very cool that um you know having sharon on the show like kind of motivated her to reach out to me and um 
yeah, it was. I thought it was a great conversation. And well, you know what? Just go check her out on her. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll on her physical therapy. There's a lot of good testimonials out there. Absolutely, I will uh, definitely link to her uh, to the Roots uh, physical therapy and wellness uh, website as well as to her uh, or to her uh, Instagram page, so people can go. Yeah, go connect with her, ask her any questions, uh, all that sort of stuff. And and you know what I see in this again is that common thread of just getting up and doing it. Yeah. You know, just getting up. It doesn't you? It's moving by millimeters, like uh, Donovan said, right? Mm-hmm. And you so know. did Sharon. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Sharon yeah. talked about you yeah. know trying to just improve that little bit. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. So every day, just gotta keep pushing. So yeah, all right. Well, uh, yeah, that was another great episode, Ricardo. Yeah, thank, thank you, you Mary. To Mary, and uh, yeah, we will be back next week with a Viking. Awesome! I can't wait. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week. Hope you all have a good one. Thank you again for listening. Please like, rate, review, share listen all the things we appreciate you and we love you brandon yeah brandon come back sometime soon